Smoking and Drinking in Space is a proud member of the Earglue Media Network. If you could see your whole life from start to finish, would you change things? Maybe I'd say what I feel more often. I, I don't know. You know, I've had my head tilted up to the stars for as long as I can remember. You know what surprised me the most? I wasn't meeting them. I was meeting you. Welcome to Smoking and Drinking in Space. This is a sci-fi podcast from a couple guys who think they know sci-fi. And this week, we review the movie that comes around on itself like a starving Ouroboros starring Amy Adams, Jeremy Renner, Forrest Whitaker, and is directed by Dennis Villanueva. It is 2016's Arrival. And with me this week is the Abbot to my Costello. It's James. Hey. Hey, James. Sounds like a fat joke, number one. Number two, like, did you get the whole countdown from 543 and then not saying two and one from UHF? No, I thought that was just how it was done. Well, it is, but the whole, there's a whole running gag in, in UHF about the countdown and Kramer, the guy who plays Kramer, I don't remember his name. What's his name? Uh, guy who made a racist joke Richards, later on. Richards, something Richards, yeah. Yeah, whatever. Uh, his character was all freaked out because he's like, what happened to two and one? Yeah, I you remember never... that vaguely. I haven't seen that movie in probably 20 years. Yeah, UHF, more sci-fi than 112263. <laughs> Welcome to Sadus. And he's the canary in the coal mine that lets us know when to when it's time to get the fuck out. It's Rob. How are you doing, Rob? Uh, Pretty good, but I don't remember Amy Adams, Jeremy Renner, or Forrest Whitaker in the movie when I was reviewing it. What are you talking about? They're the three main actors in the movie. I just remember Charlie Sheen. Oh, for fuck's yeah, sake, it's it. Arrival. I'm leaving. I'm out. It's Arrival, not The Arrival. You've already We've already done The Arrival. You were on that show. Why would we redo it? Uh, Why would you do it at all? Because it's such a great movie. Oh, my God. Because Red loved that movie, and he put it on the list. It was a good movie. I'm sorry. I really liked he that also, movie. The too. Arrival? He also liked yes. Hangar 18. I mean, what do we... It's a great Megadeth song. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. That's my that's my one and only uh, The Arrival joke. Um, I'm done. Well, good. I don't believe you. You shouldn't. You really shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before we get to news, I'd like to direct everybody to eargluemedia.com forward slash TFA. Um, the film appraisers has a couple new episodes out. Um, the reaction show to the Joker, uh, which yours truly is on that show. And then they'll have another one out later on this month that I will also be participating in. So head on over to eargluemedia.com forward slash TFA or the film appraisers 
and definitely check those out because it was a lot of fun to do. And uh, the Joker is a really good movie. If either one of you haven't seen it yet, you definitely should. Um, and then check out that episode. All right. Um, I'm hitting play now. Give me a minute. Uh, you know what? This is actually fantastic for us because if he's actually checked out listening, then you and I will have fantastic. It'll episode. be a much better show. Yeah. 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 <sighs> Whatever. <laughs> Rob, what news you got for us today? Um, I've got a couple things, and by a couple, I mean three. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's see. First thing is first, let's talk about Captain Nog. Who? Uh, Captain Nog. So uh, Aaron, uh, Aaron Eisenberg, uh, the guy that played Nog, you know, he passed away. Oh, I didn't um, realize he was a captain. I thought he was a merchant. He was not. He was not. Yeah, he was like an ensign. He was an ensign. Uh, but fans have petitioned the producers of Picard to make Captain Nog canon. Uh, and the reason why they're doing this is there was some sort of alternate universe or or time jump thing uh, during one of their episodes on DS9 where Nog became a captain. Uh, and the, the, the fans want that to be uh, made canon because, you know, Picard happens in the future, um, so it could have happened. Uh, Nog was the first and only Ferengi in Starfleet, and they think it would be a nice nod and a nice uh, uh, way to remember Aaron Eisenberg. Uh, the producers have responded by saying, we will figure something out. That's too bad. <laughs> That's too bad. <laughs> Look, I like I, I like the actor. I think it's sad that he he died so uh, early, so young. I, I hope uh, that when I die, uh, that people petition Star Trek to make me an honorary captain. They just call me Captain Crowley. It'd be fan fucking tastic. But no one's going to do that. Do you know why? Because nobody gives a shit. Do you know what that uh, uh, means to me? It means that I don't give a shit about Captain Fucking Nog. Number one, he was a terrible character. I thought the Ferengi were terrible. In Deep Space Nine, I thought they were good at the beginning of Star Trek The Next Generation where they were this almost feral, a warlike type of race. Yeah, and I don't did, know why they went away from that. Yeah, they did kind of do an about face on on that whole race, didn't they? Didn't they right, have some they, kind of like electric whip in the beginning? That Yes. Yeah. Yes, they did. It was uh, I, I really was intrigued by that. uh, uh, uh storytelling of the Fringe instead of, like you said, the about face that they did and made them basically money grubbers uh, who would do anything for gold-pressed latinum. Uh, I hated it. I thought it was trite. I thought it was uh, racist uh, on a certain level. And I didn't, I, I couldn't figure out why, why they did that when they had such an opportunity, especially with the backstory that they gave Picard uh, with with possibly having a son, and and then the Ferengi uh, captain trying to uh, manipulate Picard so that he could kill him because Picard killed his son in a battle, and then they just then it got even worse on DS Nine. It's like they, they don't have warships. That's not what they're what's what they do. They just make money. It's, oh, it was just silly. It was stupid. So fuck Captain Nog and fuck all of you people who are petitioning Picard to make that happen. Especially with the backstory of Picard and the Fringi. It makes zero sense. Oh fuck yourselves. Fucking do something else with your life. God damn. 
Like, who has time to make a petition to make a, a, a fictional character canon? Like, shut the fuck up. How do you really talk, feel? Talk about first world fucking problems. Jesus Christ. Read a fucking book. I think you're holding back. Just, just let it go. Just let it release. I think you'll feel better. <laughs> I do. I do. I feel much better. Thank you. In other news, now that we're off of that tent, that... Uh, uh, Is this rant. news going to piss me off too, Rob? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, Disney oh, wants Spider-Man back. Um, so a guy by the name of Mikey Sutton, uh, who has released credible leaks in the past uh, about Marvel and the DCEU and all that kind of good stuff, uh, says that Disney is looking to buy Spider-Man back from Sony for eh, somewhere around four or five billion dollars. That would be so fucking stupid. Yeah, this isn't this isn't a Star Wars franchise. I'm sorry. I love Spider-Man. Yeah, I love the new Tom Holland Spider-Man. I think it's fantastic. This just seems like a reach uh, that will never give you back any of the money you spent. I'll give you some of the money back, but not. You, it's not a good return on investment, right? Well, I mean, would he be get if they bought the Spider-Man franchise? That would include everything, wouldn't it? It would, but they only paid four billion for the entire Star Wars franchise. Yeah, and the entire Star Wars franchise is a much broader franchise than just Spider-Man. I mean, they already That's own true. the rest of Marvel, so they're going to spend as much for that little slice of Marvel as they did for the entire Star Wars franchise, and hope that they can get their money back on that. I don't see it happening. I think it's a reach, number one. But but on on the flip side of that coin, like it sounds like from everything that I've been reading and obviously from seeing Far From Home, they want Spider-Man, they want Tom Holland to be the next yeah. Iron Man. Yeah, the next Tony Stark, the next uh, face the, of the, the Avengers. Next, yeah, yeah. Like I, he's going to be the face of Phase 4, which – I don't know how I feel about that. Like in comic canon, yeah, I can kind of see that uh, because like he kind of is the one with the most tenure uh, of all the uh, all the other uh, uh, superheroes, all the other Avengers. Uh, but I mean, doesn't Benedict Cumberbatch playing Doctor Strange seem like the more logical choice? That's where I would go. Yeah, I mean, I know that's or not at least as really as canon. a transitional character. Yeah. So I don't know, like Far From Home made Spider-Man, like they really tried to get him to see the error of his ways and to trust in himself and his abilities as a hero. It was a you great movie. You sound so jaded when you say that. It was a great movie, but I just feel like they're really like beating us over the head with a fucking hammer. What happened to subtlety? It's a lost art. Well, and, and Spider-Man only goes so far, right? He's only as he, far he's your as friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. He's yeah, not your he, friendly worldwide Spider-Man. What? Well, no, he's galactic now, man. No, he yeah, does I take mean, on Galactus, doesn't he? Like the Secret Wars, he was pretty. Uh, he was pretty big in the Secret Wars. Maybe he. Yeah, will, he was. Uh, he was involved in the Night Secret Monkey. Wars. But here's the problem with that 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 version of Spider-Man, and I'm trying to remember from my days of not getting laid. That version it's of only like last week, wasn't it? Right? I feel oh. like you now, Rob. Uh, that version of Spider-Man was an older version of Spider-Man. He was in college. He was mm -hmm. uh, like, I think he was a grad student at that point working with Dr. Yeah. What's-His-Nuts, the guy Dr. who Strange. ended up. Or not no, Dr. Not Strange, Dr. Strange, but Dr. Reed Richards. 
Not, yeah, uh, like he was working with Reed Richards, and he was working with the guy with one arm who was trying to regenerate mm, it and turn yeah. into the, to the croc. Yeah. Uh, so, so Lizard, yeah, I mean. Not the yeah, croc. Whatever. I don't fucking remember the names. I actually or started getting sex. Croc? I don't know. I don't no, know. Killer Croc was. Killer Croc is DC. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Whoops. Yeah, no, so Infinity War was when he got the black suit. That's when he, that's where he found Secret the Wars. symbiote because his huh? Secret, Secret Wars. Wars. Yeah, Secret Wars. Secret Wars is where he got the black suit because his other suit got destroyed and that that symbiote kind of crawled on him and formed a I suit around like, him. So I did like the the throwback noir costume that they did for for uh Far From Home. I uh, thought that was a nice nod to the comics. Night Monkey. Night monkey. Night monkey. Night monkey. Yes, yeah. That yeah. was fantastic. What yeah, else you got, Rob? Just read. Last That's one. Last one. Uh, who here likes steak? I had some steak last night. Excellent. This sounds like a stupid question already. Uh, who doesn't it, like it steak? It is. It, well, vegans, vegetarians. You know uh, what? They're the same people fucking writing the producers of Picard to make Captain Naga yeah. thing. <laughs> now, now, let's not paint with a broad brush. <laughs> all i do i don't have a thin tiny little brush to like do detail it's just it's a fucking roller all right what's your what's your steak news well the steak news is that the astronauts up on the uh, international space station have officially 3d printed beef yeah yeah i saw that yeah so they're trying to mimic the cell structures and the uh uh of real beef to so that the the meat has the same taste and texture as what we're used to. Uh, that's one of those things that's kind of hard to do down here uh, because everything, you know, when they, when they 3D print everything, it's got to have some uh, some sort of lattice work to help support the, the meat. Uh, whereas up in on the space station, it floats, so they don't have to have any of the support structures. Supposedly, they've uh, started doing it, and things look promising. So you're so saying you're, Pennywise is on the space station? <laughs> That's scary. Do the astronauts know? Uh, well, it's all happening on the Russian um, lab. Oh, so. well, who gives a shit about that? Yeah, right. we'll just. So, I mean, they, they're punching holes in their in their modules anyway. Are you saying that your eight dollar a pound fucking steak is now going to be thirty two dollars a pound because it's got to be fucking raised in fucking space and 3d printed and then brought down is that what you're telling me no what i'm saying is they are learning that's what it sounds like they are learning techniques that they could potentially do down here or uh that gives the astronauts uh an ability to have a 32 dollars a pound steak up in space yeah, this, this sounds like something dreamt up by a fucking vegan or PETA trying to save some goddamn cows. You know what? Just kill the cow and give me the fucking beef. Well, it wasn't PETA. It was Russians that dreamt up. I'm not seeing a difference. I, I like They're both <laughs> communists, so what the fuck? Like, Isn't stay PETA away from my beef. Common one, Russian name? Uh, one the rides PETA. around bareback, <laughs> shirtless on a horse. Yeah, PETA the other and doesn't. Putin. Former KGB agents. Yeah, that was that was, that was dumb. That's it. That's all I got. That's it. I, I'm I'm glad that all three of my things uh, uh, triggered James. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's great. I mean, 
Well, now that James is all triggered, who's ready for a pod crawl? Trigger me, baby. Let's do it. We can call it, I don't know, say a pod crawl? The pod crawl! Pod crawl! Pod crawl! Pod crawl! Excellent! Insert it deep! Pod crawl! Kind of like a space suppository full of information. Dr. Louise Banks is a linguist shuffling through life in the dark with memories of her daughter haunting both her waking and sleeping hours. Her house is dark, her office is dark, even her lecture hall is dark. During one less than sold out class, the Earth gets a surprise visit from some neighbors, 12 UFOs have landed across the globe throwing civilization into a tizzy, because people can't handle the unexpected without acting like a bunch of excitable toddlers. Being one of the country's foremost linguists, she's visited by the military who is investigating the crafts that have landed in the US. They bring her on to study the alien language and she's paired with the second hottest Dr. Ian in the movies, Dr. Ian Donnelly. The first foray into the alien ship, which opens up every 18 hours, is a fun house ride of gravitational pulls where Donnelly takes a graceful faceplant. They meet Abbott and Costello, two squid beings they will be interacting with for the weeks to come. Banks talks to them and then starts writing fun little flashcards and they reciprocate. Through the game of charades and Pictionary, Banks and Donnelly start to piece together the alien language and the aliens get a cheap form of entertainment. However, it's not just the US that's having family game night with their new visitors, several other countries around the world also cracking out the casserole dishes and chatting it up with the neighbors. China has started teaching their aliens how to sit in a smoke-filled room with a bunch of grandmas and throw tiles and insults at one another through the game of Mahjong. China, however, has a slightly different cephalopod to Earth language translation dictionary and thinks the aliens want to use a weapon. Banks argues that they want to give a tool and that the Chinese are a bunch of tools for using a competitive game to teach language, but the damage is done and all the nations wall their data off from each other. Meanwhile, there is a group of soldiers who have a craving for calamari for dinner, and decide to plant a bomb in the alien ship. They don't anticipate Donnelly and Banks heading back to the ship for a second round of Alien 20 questions. Banks has a minor breakthrough with Abbott and Costello shortly before the bomb explodes but after the comedy duo save their bacon. Banks wakes up with a nice concussion and learns that an evacuation has been called. Donnelly has also had a breakthrough, discovering that the data dump the aliens gave them was only one twelfth of the entire set and the other eleven sites probably have the missing pieces. The chances of a data share are remote as China declared war on the aliens because who wouldn't declare war on a vastly technologically superior culture that has so far shown zero aggression. Banks takes matters into her own hands and drives out to where the ship is hovering, and the aliens send down an alien phone booth for her to call them with. In her alien sweat lodge she learns that the information they gave the humans was their language which, once learned and understood, allows the user to see memories from the future. They are giving this gift as they will need humanity's help 3,000 years in the future, showing that even alien races can have horrible gambling problems. Banks returns to the base and, using her newly found powers of future memories, remembers that she will write a book about the language that she will master, and she will attend a ball that will be held for the people involved in the alien arrival, and that she will meet the Chinese general and will see his number and he will tell her what his dying wife told him and that she will be very confused as to why he will be showing her and telling her all this because it hasn't fucking happened yet. She remembers all of this and is so excited she steals a satellite phone to call up the Chinese general and tell him. He calls off the War of the Worlds, Banks remembers her and Donnelly will have a kid that she's been remembering and that he leaves them both when she tells him she has future memory powers, and roll it all comes full circle just like the alien written language credits. <laughs> I don't know why you're complaining about her not breathing, because there's a certain skill uh, that that uh, 
you know, lends itself to not being, uh, you know, having to breathe. Rob doesn't know about that yet. Mm. When you when you hit puberty and your balls drop, let me know. I'll explain it to you. Rob's confused. So, so the movie. The uh, <laughs> very first, so the very first quote in the whole thing is, memory is a strange thing. We are so bound by time. The minute I heard that, I got a chubby because that means time <laughs> I knew travel, you would. baby. I Wait, knew have you your balls would. dropped? Did you get they a chubby? Did, I did well, get a chubby. You and I need to have a conversation once this podcast is over. Okay, excellent. I don't, this isn't a time travel movie. I want to be very clear about that. This is not a time travel movie. This is, is about though? how we perceive time. Yeah, but you're right. Your it mind... is not a time travel movie. Nobody actually traveled through time via a mind a, travel. A no, it's means. perception. It, that's all this is. It is how humans, how our race perceives time and how it is possible that there is an alien race, possibly one that was talked about on the Joe Rogan experience just recently. Uh, Shut that, up. That's your last, <laughs> that is your one and only reference. <laughs> that perceives time differently. It's possible. It is. And in fact, this this concept was also explored in Interstellar, which we did a couple weeks ago. But where, that was humans. Well, yes. Humans had evolved to the point where they perceived time all at once. They didn't perceive time linearly. They, they perceived all aspects of time at once. And that you bring up when you said that 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 triggered something that I was thinking about during um during the pod crawl. Oh, when shit, we breathing. triggered James again. So it, it's possible that Amy Adams' character. Uh, is, that was not Amy Adams. No, <laughs> what's her name? She looks like Amy Adams. Nope. Figure it out. Figure it out. It was in the I, intro. I don't care. Yeah, it was. We had a care. whole intro I was, about this. You know why? Because I was thinking about this. It's possible that she was uh, evolving. Because she was the one who cracked it, right? Like she had already been having these memories that haven't happened yet. She's starting to perceive time differently than everybody else. She can't figure it out. And then she learns this alien language and bam, now she can perceive time differently. And it all starts rushing in and it all starts making sense. So she could be the first human to start evolving to perceive time the way these aliens perceive time. Well, she sure. is. Yeah. I and, mean, and she, she wrote the book and all that kind of good stuff. And for the record, it was Amy Adams. I was just trying to throw you off. Uh-huh. Yeah, she, she looks like the other actress, though. Uh, Isla Fisher. Isla Fisher, who's in, uh, uh, I don't remember her. No, I Mary remember Deborah her from. Or whatever. Oh, my God. No, will you shut up so I can remember? No. Uh, Wedding no, crashes, where she's in the bathroom and she's like, if you leave me, I'll find you. Oh, yes, yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Freaking psycho woman. Right? Yeah, so I, I think I, I, I think that she was, what we saw at the beginning was her, uh, one, maybe one of those side effects of her learning the, the uh, language in the future is that it kind of, ripples out through her past. You know what I mean? No, yeah, I don't I don't disagree with that, but I I guess my question is this. Causality, right? So was she evolving so that she could learn the language or did she learn the language and then start evolving? Cuz if 
time is perceived differently, you're right, could just ripple backwards and then like it's all the same. I tend for for my own head canon, uh, and it probably wrong, but I tend to land on the side of she was starting to evolve already, which is why she was having these visions, these these memories that hadn't happened yet all throughout the movie. And then reading the uh, uh, being able to read the language like that's why the aliens came here. It wasn't just that they needed our help 3000 years from now. Yeah, that was probably true as well. But they knew that humanity was on the cusp of being able to perceive time the way they do. Yeah, and I guess it depends on what you think of the flash-forward scenes that you see at the beginning of the movie that you don't realize are flash-forward scenes at the beginning. Uh, yeah, at the beginning, I, they, they make them look like flashbacks. Yeah, yeah. I put the whole thing and, in here. Don't get attached to any character because they'll kill you off in three minutes. Three-minute <laughs> mark, the, the, the daughter died. Right, right. It's like, damn. And so, and, and, and it, the way they frame that perspective... It, it makes you think that, and the way that Amy Adams plays her character, she's just a very morose kind of withdrawn character. And the entire color palette is so fucking dark. That was one of the quabbles that I had with this movie was I could hardly see anything, especially since I watched the this movie this time around on my phone uh, in a in a brightly lit car. And <laughs> wait a minute, uh, wait a minute. You're, you you watched the movie on the phone in a car while driving. I didn't say while driving, doorknob. What, 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 you like pull over <laughs> to the side of the road and just watch it for two hours and then yeah, That's what he did, doorknob. That's exactly yeah. what he did. From henceforth, your name is doorknob. Because oh, I man. don't know anybody else who, who knows how to drive. I couldn't have been a passenger in a car. No. Moving on. No, you couldn't have. You don't let your wife drive. <laughs> who Never. does that? Who would willingly do that? You're just putting your life in your own hands at that point. Uh, no shit. I, Oh my God! God, I've seen your wife drive. Hey, Carrie. <laughs> oh, you know what? I'm in Iowa, so I haven't seen your uh, wife drive, but I'm gonna guess she's just like every other woman driver. Oh shit! No sausage bread for you two. Oh damn! I don't even know what that is. Oh, uh, you're missing out. It's good yeah. stuff. Um. So, so anyways, my it, it depends on the it, it depends on the the perspective or what what you think of the flash forwards or what end, ends up being the flash forwards that were perceived as flashbacks. I, see, I think... Was she actually remembering that at the time, or was yes. that just setting you up for stuff that happened in the future and she didn't actually start remembering or dreaming about her daughter until she started studying the language? See, That's a I good think, point, because she she did say... Sorry, Rob, I, I don't mean to cut you off, but I yeah, do. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Because uh, she... It starts off like memory is such a funny thing, right? She's talking about memory. So I feel like that's all set up and it's not maybe her actually remembering. Like it's it's meant to, from a story perspective, keep you off kilter until they want you to like, until they, they, they pull back the, the curtains and reveal the plot. Yeah, and if that's what they're doing, I'm not sure how I feel about that. If, if it's her actually kind of having these these memories and maybe not understanding why or she's me- remembering dreams that she had, then I, I kind of like that aspect better. And, and maybe it's just they left it up to the, the audience to interpret for themselves because they don't explicitly say, you know, what those, those beginning memories at the beginning of the movie mean. I, I think it's, uh, like I said, a ripple effect. I, I think it's you, you got the, 
she figured out the language and she has that that rock in the water, that splash in the water, and so then it ripples out both forwards and backwards in her in her life, right? So so what she's getting because uh, at the beginning she was only getting those those memories or those flashes whenever she fell asleep. So she wasn't and she wasn't getting good good sleep because of these memories and flashes. And then towards the end of the movie, which is a lot closer to the to where she starts to understand it, she can recall it right then and there type of deal without having to go to sleep. Because uh, this this movie went what uh, six months or something like that. It was the the time frame was. I I don't I I don't <laughs> I don't disagree with everything. Yeah, I don't disagree <laughs> with anything that that Rob said or may have said since he was cutting out on our end. But I'm Excellent. sure everything will be there on his side of the recording. I, I really need Rob to look into internet and stop stealing it from Man, Russians. I, I don't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> what I, I, I don't disagree, but I, I think it makes more sense, at least, again, in my head, if it's not the ripple effect and it's humanity's on the cusp of this big breakthrough and we're just going to help them along because we're going to need their help. Because it might I don't take 3,000 years, 4,000 years for all of humanity to get to where the the aliens need them to be, but if they give them this push now, in three thousand years it'll all be there and it'll be fine. Right. See, I, similar I, to yeah. Interstellar. Yeah. Except it's so, not aliens. Humans are the aliens. Who's to say that we don't evolve into heptapods? Uh, I, you know, I think that's a stretch. <laughs> it you probably is. You're yeah. right. So, so I I wrote something down because uh, Jan watch this movie with me. Um, and so of course she had some questions. Um, and, and what I kind of figured out is it, it brings up a whole, uh, you know, the whole thing of what came first, the chicken or the egg, what comes first, if you can see both solutions at the same time. So if Luis knew her daughter was going to get sick and die, why did she say yes to having the baby? Oh yeah, I think you're. So, I think you're kind of missing the point here. Like you're. So this movie wasn't about this philosophical question of fate, well, no. of predestination, of all. It it was. It was a question of time and how we perceive time is what this this movie was for. I don't disagree with with what Jan said. I I kind of agree with it because at that point, if she knows that she's going to uh, uh, tell you know Hawkeye about their kid dying, <laughs> why why would you tell Hawkeye about your kid dying? Because that's why he leaves, right? Don't right. just keep your mouth shut. But she chooses to do that anyway, uh, apparently because why? Well, so then that begs the question. Uh, is is it is it fated? Is it predestination? If we perceive time the way that these aliens do, which is apparently time is fluid and it is it is ever changing, just like the way they write, uh, and it's it's circular, then everything is predestined. There is no free will. Why the fuck are you here? And when you have that, when you have that epiphany, and you have that. Uh, that crisis in your head that why, if, if everything is predestined and free will is a fucking illusion, why are we here? That's a deeper movie. That's a movie that is going to take more than science 
to to tell the story of. And so I think the the screenwriter, the director, everybody wanted to stick to just how we perceive time and how it's possible that that there are others who perceive time differently than we do, other than asking this super existential question of existence. Okay. Did you get all that, Rob? I did. Okay, I, good. I, I'm still more along the lines of, I don't think it's exist, uh, predestined or anything like that, but I think it's one of those things that, you know, you know you're going to say yes because you've seen it, because if you said no, you wouldn't have seen it, so none of this would have happened in that particular situation. Wait, you know, are you so, talking yeah, about like a, a, a back to the future, if you touch yourself, all of time fucking dissolves? Well, no, not that it all dissolves or anything, but, but I'm just saying it's like, I mean, if obviously she had said yes because she sees her daughter and everything like that, and she knows of all, all the good times, even though there are some bad times, um, and that's infinitely better than... But you're still talking about... Pre- no, no, absolutely not. You're still talking about predestination. And then you have to ask the question of, if it's all time, can you control it? And if you can control it, then w- the bad things that happen, why wouldn't you change it? For example, she knows that her daughter gets what appears to be cancer because she is uh, uh, bald at one point. So why not tell the doctors immediately, hey, like she is she's pre uh, not predetermined, but uh, pre uh, predisposed to getting cancer because of genetics. Just trust me. Like, what can we do? Is there anything we can do? And then you've got years of trying to figure it out. But instead, she just kind of waits for it to happen in her memories and then cries when it happens, knowing that it's going to happen. So, again, you're getting in. I, I, I feel like. Well, and, and so that that. Begs the question, is she reliving the memories that she had the first time before she was able to see her future memories? If that's the case, then she didn't know when her daughter got cancer that her daughter was going to get cancer. But now she does. And at that point, if she tries to change the future at some point and she deviates off of the timeline that for the memories that she has, will she regain new memories for what hasn't happened yet because she's on a, on a whole new timeline? Or is is her future memory going to be blank? Is she even able to change those that that timeline? Well, that's, that's the whole that, that gets into your predestined and and fate yeah. argument there. Um, so yeah, there's there's a ton of questions that they didn't explore because that's an entire entirely that's different, different movie. movie. Yeah, yeah. and uh, probably that one that's arrival? not going to be wrapped up in in three hours. Yes, it was the arrival. I knew the, it. The arrival. I mean, so, when so you think we of got Charlie the Sheen, we got the sequel. That's what you think before of before we got the original movie. Yes, like, and it all comes back around. Yeah, like fucking Tiger back. Blood and hashtag uh, winning. Damn, Jesus Christ! You were on that show, Rob. Do you not remember that horrible movie? I do. I thought it was the best movie ever. Were you doing hookers and blow the whole time, like Charlie Sheen was? Or uh, what? No, but I am. I am. Um, I'm comparing the arrival to Metropolis, and so yeah, it was a good movie. Oh yeah, no, I agree. No. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I actually like that movie with the legs that were weird, and then the kid at the end, like the aliens are here. Yeah, but you there's would. something to be said about this movie where the aliens are very benevolent, and they have nothing but our best intentions in mind. And the, the, the filmmakers did uh, the old trope of, oh, no, 
uh, humanity is just going to tear each other apart unless we have an outside force uh, that brings us all together. Yeah, is it a trope, though, if it's true? I'm telling you right now, if tomorrow the existence of extraterrestrials, benevolent, malevolent, whatever, if they were uh, uh, proved to be true tomorrow and they were here on Earth, if they landed in every major city or even just the, 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 the capitals of each country, things change really quick. Yeah, it all goes to hell. No, I don't think so. I think humanity, while there will, while there would certainly be elements that individuals would are nefarious, smart. mobs are dumb. I don't. Yeah, I don't disagree with that to a point. But when you have a common enemy, like shit changes pretty quick. I I, I think most people underestimate our um. What's the word I'm looking for here? Our, our our will to live, our will to survive as not just a species, but as individuals. So if working together Hence behooves us, we have no, no problem working together. No. So if if no. you if you think that people underestimate our survival instinct, then I mean we've created humongous weapons that can just demolish entire populations, and we're doing dick all about climate change. Yeah, Where's our survival instinct now? Cli- climate change isn't a thing. I'm sorry. The science is Oh, out. my God. Yeah. Climate change is not a thing. Uh, I, I also... And look, he should know because destruction. the corn is still <laughs> going on. Mutually assured destruction. Look, you can't tell me... Look, you want my thing on climate change? Here it is. You can't tell me that uh, 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 an Earth that is you know, millions or billions of years old, whatever the fucking leading science says now, and has gone through climate change throughout its entirety and has only been measured recently, especially when given the millions or billions of years of age on the earth, that scientists have any fucking clue what it's going to do. You also can't tell me that humanity has had that big of an impact. You also can't tell me that China would do fuck all about it regardless so yeah, climate change is a fucking hoax. It is. It is all about money. It's not real. Uh, these people are the same people who are trying to get Captain Nog put in in into cannon. It's just not so, a thing. No, you're yes, you're absolutely I wrong. wrong. I am we not have a wrong. Pretty good idea of what the no. climate and temperature was throughout the epochs due to core samples and archaeological samples, as well as as you know chemical dating. Things like that. No, nope. no, nope, nope. Okay, science is out. You can't tell me that the science isn't out because not all scientists are like, oh yeah, no, this is a thing. This is a oh, money so making thing. We need a this is a money making scheme put before forth something's true by by government to control the population. It is also a, a money making scheme done put forth by corporations. Like no, that's all this is. I don't buy it. Not one fucking bit because you know why in the 70s it was global cooling in the 80s and 90s it was global warming and now they're like ah fuck it we don't know so we're just gonna call it climate change oh my god anyways moving on humanity would work together you yeah, give them fucked. a common foe is, is what we're no we're fucked if aliens <laughs> came down we're fucked i don't think we are 
And, that and you that know last what? Is, exchange what. just told us we're uh, fucked. <laughs> no, we're not fucked. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you what really pissed me off. This is the only thing about the movie. The only gripe I had about this movie because this movie was fantastic. I thought it was well thought out. It was well written. It was pretty well acted. I mean, everybody was melancholy and kind of all the way through. The only thing that made me angry about this movie is aliens fucking land, and all of a sudden, like, yeah, we're not gonna let you guys buy guns or ammo. Like, we, we don't. What? We don't know. I didn't if catch that. Here. Yeah, no, it was on the, like, when she was watching the uh, the news on her laptop before Forrest Whitaker came in. And they're like, oh, no, martial law has been uh, implemented. Uh, firearms and, and ammunition can no longer be uh, purchased. Like, wait. So you have this alien race coming down. You don't know why they're here. You can't talk to them. And you're not going to let people protect themselves? Go fuck yourself, government. Oh my god! So out of the entire movie, you glommed onto that one thing, and that's that's your quabble. I didn't glom onto it. That's just my that's my one quabble with this fucking. <laughs> this is a stellar movie, it like pun intended. Movie. It's it's absolutely it's really good. I loved it. I thought it was great. Uh, it, it, and that that was just my one thing. I'm like, why would the writers put this in there? I mean, it's just such a fucking social justice warrior thing to do. Just fuck off. Stay off. Stay away from my, <laughs> oh my guns. God. Uh, it, it, but the people who would be rushing out to buy ammunition at that point anyway aren't the people that that need it. I mean, the people that that you know have been hoarding ammunition this entire time. Your your local gun nuts already got all the ammunition. I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. What do you mean yeah. gun nut? What do you mean huh? gun nut? Gun nut? Oh, you just hit another trigger. Oh, Jesus oh, Christ! Don't you live in fucking Texas? I don't I even do. understand. I don't even. Understand. How are you so blue in a red state? I don't. I don't get it. Oh, I don't get it. it. Makes me sad on the inside. I cry a little bit for Texas tonight. Don't. Texas I'm not. Is, uh, <laughs> Texas is just fine. Thanks. Yeah. The music in so this movie. So much bass. So much bass. So much bass. But the music was beautiful. <laughs> yeah, That's but it wasn't. Music. It's not music. That's their language, Dick. Yeah. <laughs> No, I think that's Rob's mating call. <laughs> Where's the, can we ask Jan? We should. She's right I'll ask here. Her she next just time walked, I see her. She just walked in. She heard you me call. Just say, just say, is this what attracted you know up, you babe? to me? Is this? Yeah. You should just do that. How are you nah. still marrying? I don't even uh, know. I'm not even marrying. Oh. How are you still? Oh. I, I'm assuming you get laid every now and again. Well, uh, I think that's a pretty strong assumption. Twice, <laughs> twice a year. My birthday, and uh, no, I'm just kidding. Flag day. Yeah, I'm flag, just kidding. It's not twice day. a year. It's, it's like half that. <laughs> no, the music I thought was excellent in this movie. It was, it it fit the movie well. And the parts that I noticed the mu- the music in, especially whenever they were flying in the helicopter in and getting the first look at that that uh, spaceship. You did hear kind of that whale song accompaniment to the music and it didn't fit, but it was, I think it was better for it because it kind of made you a little bit uncomfortable, kind of like how you would feel when you come in and see this humongous obelisk of a spaceship for the first time. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Like, so I think I said this in one of the earlier episodes, a couple episodes ago, right? So good, good music. Uh, in a movie is something that you will notice and it enhances it. Uh, and if I don't notice the music, it's probably terrible. 
This is the uh, third time you've mentioned that. So, all right, in just perfect. as many episodes. Are you like our um, ums budman? Um, ums bud, budsman? Um, budsman. Look, um, so I take um, I take budsman. notes when That's I listen to the uh, when I listen to the episodes so that I could. How often do you read. listen to the episode? Like just kind of like maybe thirty percent of the time we're recording, or yeah, okay, yeah, about thirty percent. Yeah, so this the, I think you're right. I think you hit the maybe. nail uh, on the proverbial head. Uh, Jason, this, this it it does it makes you feel the way that the filmmakers wanted you to feel during those scenes, and the music was beautiful. the 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 strings that they compiled sure. together, I mean, it was it was lovely. I I kind of want the soundtrack now, but why? So I can listen to it, but why? Because it was good. Let me ask you this: Is this something you would play when you're trying to make love to your wife? No. Is this something? Is this something you would play while you're while you're going down the road? Possibly. Why? Why would you listen to this while you're driving? It's relaxing. Do you know where I have to drive? Yeah, Texas. It's beautiful. It's God's country. Haywoods and Houston, dude. It's like the armpit of the state. It is not. I don't no, it's not. I don't even know why you would say that, Rob. Where do you live? The answer is the armpit of the state. Like I'm no, I live in the asshole of the state, okay? Okay, your anatomy is way the fuck off. <laughs> Because armpits are north of assholes. Dude, we're upside down here in oh Texas. My oh, Jesus. Oh, you want to be the arm? From- hey, you can be the asshole then, all right? I'm always the asshole. No, well, see, that just. That's my secret. It. That's my secret, Rob. Crowley's I'm way up north. So, you know, boom. In corn country. Corn country. Oh. That'd make him the ear. <laughs> Uh, dad jokes i see we've moved on to dad jokes yes all right who's got awards i don't know if i have any awards other than dad joke awards now okay let's do it get it congratulations dad jokes you win it (laughs) rob who's got your uh who's got your black lung award um i gave my black lung to the hectopods because they travel via smoke okay i don't think they travel via smoke man I think that they exist outside of time. And so they accomplished their mission. They just went back to whatever time they went into, and that's how they do it. Like, that's what you see when something goes in and out of time. I, I don't totally agree. I don't think they exist outside of time. I think they can perceive time differently. Smoke engines. But I think they still exist within time. I think their atmosphere, their breathable, breathable atmosphere is thick enough that it, it looks like kind of a fluidic fluidic water or uh, some sort of fluid to us. Maybe. I, man, since you brought that up, her hair looked awful. Oh, While yeah. she was in there. Yeah. yeah, like that was terrible CGI. I'm like, really, guys? Ugh, that's terrible. Who's got your black lung, James? Oh, Amy Adams for uh, having to breathe that stuff in. Yeah, that's who's got mine was her. Apparently, uh, it's, apparently it's not toxic. Yeah, I don't know if she was just perceiving that or if she was actually breathing their atmosphere. What if Who they were able to atmosphere? time shift her so she was kind of there, but she was not there? Maybe. I mean, who knows what that that alien phone booth can do. But yeah, she's getting my head lush or my uh, black lung award for her time in the alien uh, smoke lodge, sweat lodge or her <laughs> smoky encounter. Yeah. In the alien sauna. Sauna. 
All right, James, who's got your uh, head lush? Amy Adams. She's the only one that I saw drinking wine repeatedly yep. in several scenes. <laughs> Rob? Uh, same thing. Uh, Luis for uh, pouring herself a glass of wine and looking at her man off into the distance. Hawkeye. Yep. Hawkeye, yeah. She's yeah. she's getting mine, too, for, for her wine obsession. Wait, didn't Amy Adams play Lois Lane? Yes. yes. It was a terrible casting, but... So Lois Lane married Hawkeye. It seems so, yeah. Mm. Oh, it's our first MCU DCEU crossover. Oh, speaking of that, have you seen the the, the crossover for Infinite Earth or Crisis yes. on Infinite Earth? Yes. Like, they've got Brandon Routh to play yeah. Superman, Superman again, yeah. and they yep. got Michael Keaton. Uh, they've got a picture of Michael Keaton as Bruce Yeah, Wayne. I think they're going to reference Michael Keaton's Batman. I don't think they're going to have Michael Keaton yeah. playing yeah. Batman. Yeah, they just they're read, it's have... just a picture of, of him as Bruce Wayne, and he's marrying yeah. Selena Kyle. Yeah. yeah, they got a picture of, uh, or not a picture, they've got uh, oh, Smallville's Superman. God, what's yeah, his name? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Tom Weller. Tom Weller, uh, there we go. Uh, and then uh, Lo his Lois Lane, uh, Erica Durance. Yeah, yeah they've got a lot gonna... of shit. I mean, all they yeah. need is Dean Cain and... Uh, they already have Dean Cain on Supergirl. Right, as as uh, her dad. As her dad, yeah. yeah. And then and then, uh, what's-her-face was uh, uh, her her aunt. Yep. What's-her-face? Yep. What's-her-face? No, uh, Dean Cain, uh, uh, Jerry Hatcher. Jerry Hatcher Terry is her... Yep. Terry, Terry Hatcher. Terry, sorry, is her aunt in Supergirl. And her mom is, is Supergirl Erica from Durant. the 80s. No, her mom was Erica yeah. Durance. No, her mom was super played Supergirl in the 80s. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, so okay, Terry, there's yeah, too that's much right. inbreeding in all this. Terry it's Hatcher was... was <laughs> You're perceiving uh, time the, the wrong mom. way, dude. I know. Yeah. Terry Hatcher was the mom from uh, Daxum. That's what it was. Yeah. From a different I wonder planet. if they're going to yeah. bring back the dude who played Aquaman. Oh, Jason yeah. Momoa? No, no, not Jason no, Momoa. No, the original Aquaman. The original Aquaman uh, from uh, Smallville. From Smallville. Some he was actually was an Aquaman Cooper. in Smallville? Yeah. Oh I, I wonder. God. Why? Like, There's well, no they fucking water play, in Kansas. They wanted him to play uh, uh, Arrow. They wanted him to be the Green Arrow, but they were like, well, you were already in Smallville as Aquaman, so we're, we're going to find somebody else. And that's when they found, uh, oh boy, who does a fantastic job. Uh, as uh, Oliver Queen, but yeah, they wanted him to to do it. So I, it'd be interesting to see it. That's uh, again like this crossover event. I can't believe I forgot to mention it earlier. So I apologize for interrupting the awards. Yeah, for... this has been uh, this has been the DCEU podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where are we at? Um, James, who's got your uh, purple hippo? Uh, player, oh, player award. James, player who's award. got your player? Oh, uh, the player awards are going to go to Amy Adams because if you know the future and you know the past, you can you know who you're going to marry. So she was just, you know, she was playing Hawkeye for all she could just to get in his pants. Yeah, but I mean, it, that would be easy because she already knows how to play him to get into his pants because she's already done it. So she's already got the memories of what she did. So she just has to repeat that. Right. She's playing him. Like that's that's an advantage. That is a that is a huge advantage, and I, I would almost call it cheating in the world of dating. True, Rob. Uh, same thing. Getting Hawkeye before he even knew that he wanted her. 
<laughs> getting Hawkeye before she got <laughs> Hawkeye. Getting Hawkeye, yeah. I mean, I mean, she was. She's like, "Yep, I got you already." And he's like, "What? Oh, you're kissing me? Okay, hey, want to hey, make a I baby? Like this, yeah. Lois Lane's got some moves. All right. Um. So mine's going a little bit different. Well, a lot bit different. So mine is going to go to the Chinese general's wife for leaving such an impression with her dying words that it ended the War of the Worlds. Well, not only that. What the fuck did she say? It was like a 17-minute long sentence. It was oh, a long dying yeah, they, breath. they actually have that. I can tell you what she said. Oh, wait. Did, you, did somebody interpret it? Yeah. Because it feels like there was a lot to it. When I think of dying words, I think of something like, you know. E2 Brute. Yeah. Or I was going to try to think of something clever about the size or of my dick and write me on the head. my head. That's you farting as you die. So, <laughs> thanks, Rob. Jesus, you fucking doorknob. I'm just what, trying to fill the what space. What are you doing? Oh, I'm okay. filling the space with some. Uh, uh, I could talk about how base. climate change is a hoax some more. No, I just want to <laughs> say that <laughs> Amy Adams is one heavy breather, like all the time in this movie. She is always like out of breath or. <sighs> Well, I, that was just for dramatic effect. The, the entire movie? Yes. It was a stressful situation. You know what, Rob? You go in a fucking alien spaceship and see how hard you're breathing all the fucking time. I'm only going to be breathing hard because they look hot. What, the aliens? <laughs> you got a thing for squid? No, I'm, I'm saying the aliens that I'm going to meet. They're gonna be the di- they're gonna be the uh, opposite of the Earth Girls are easy aliens. I-, I was gonna say it was just gonna be the Earth Girls are easy. Like you got a thing for Jim Carrey and Damon no, Wayans no, 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 and no, 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 Jeff no, no, Goldblum. No, that's Jason. Jason. No, has I, a thing I, for I know Jeff he's got Goldblum. a thing for Jeff Goldblum, but mm-hmm. yeah, the other two. No, not so much. Yeah, you know they kind of copied Jeff Goldblum's character from Jurassic Park, right? No, they didn't. Yeah, so the the physicist. Here, his name was Doctor Ian Donnelly, the physicist that, or the the chaos theorist and mathematician that Jeff Goldblum played in in Jurassic Park was named Ian Malcolm. Oh, they used the same first name. There must be a connection. Go back to your hole. <laughs> Go back to your Jeff Goldblum hole. Do you have a Jeff Goldblum hole? He does. He's got a little Jeff Goldblum man cave. See, you totally missed the opportunity there, Rob. I set you up perfectly. Does he have a Jeff Goldblum hole? He does. It's in his ass. There you go. There it is. Oh, my God. You too. (laughs) Have you found whatever the fuck it was you were looking for? Mr. Goldblum, show me your chaos theory. fucking had it. I'm looking for that... (laughs) Translation, I had it. Oh, it's right. right here. That's right. <laughs> Does it say that Jason has a Jeff Goldblum hole? <laughs> nope. It should. doesn't say that. Does it say it, it should? That's exactly what it should say. Okay, so the translation of what he what she whispered in his ear that stopped the war was in war there are no winners, only widows. It took her that long to say that? Well, it's Chinese. That was I mean, it. 
I get that it's Chinese, but seriously, it was like a 17-minute long fucking phrase. I guess. It had a ton of words. I guess the translation is an exact. I don't know. I want an exact translation. That's always more entertaining than just like the. the well, what I'm uh, saying is, is the translation is more conceptual. So, well, uh, that's you what know, I'm saying. You know, I want the literal translation, translation word for word, because that's more entertaining usually. <laughs> right. All right, uh, James. Who has your purple hippo? Uh, uh, everybody who went into the spacecraft first, because that's a mind fuck. Yeah, it is. Like you jump. <laughs> I, 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 like it took me a while to figure out what direction it was. Right. So they go up into the hole, the, the, the entrance to the spaceship, uh, via a lift, like one of those scissor lifts. Mm-hmm. And then they have to jump up. And as they jump up, they have to turn their body because the gravity shifts mm-hmm. and they're able to basically walk on the wall going up into the shaft. Yeah, yeah. So they're they're yeah the the pull of gravity shifts planes, and instead of being, you know, parallel with the the Earth's surface, it's now parallel with the side of this the spaceship. And that's one of the quabbles that I had with uh, one of the camera shots that they did during that that initial scene is they show them upside down. It's it's an upside down camera shot. I didn't yep. think that was necessary. I mean, we already got the the aspect that they're on a different plane than what they were whenever they came up in the scissor lift. And I think throwing that upside down camera shot confused things even more. I don't think it yeah. was necessary. I had to watch that twice to figure out what the fuck was going on, but I'm also not a smart man. So it may have taken me longer. <laughs> but I know what bear. love is. Rob, who's got your purple hippo? Uh, I gave it to uh, Luis for, um, uh, mind jumping back and forth in time that at the beginning, that was just, Totally fucking her up. Okay. So mine is going to go to Louise, but again. Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> Fuck you. No, mine's going to go to Louise for her time. <laughs> oh, I hate you both. God, I hate you both. Um, for her time in the alien phone booth and uh, her smoke lodge moment. So that's, that's got to be fucking weird. To be right. in an entirely different atmosphere and actually communing with aliens directly. So, and she was actually kind of forming their script uh, with her hands as well. So that was kind of a mind fuck. Well, any final thoughts on the movie before we pick our next movie? This may be mm. my favorite movie we've we've reviewed. Really, that high. Yeah, I really liked this movie. I thought it was I thought it was really well done. Uh I I think there are better movies that we've we've probably reviewed, not including Metropolis, sir. Uh but uh this one is there's a it can become very heady very quick. It can become very deep very quick. Uh as Rob somehow illustrated earlier. I don't even know how doorknob mm-hmm. got there, but he did. Mm-hmm. Right. I oh, had wait, a good explainer. Yeah, it was your wife. She was the explainer. No, no, no. She just she just asked uh, what was happening. I came up with the whole chicken and the egg and, you know, all that kind of fun stuff. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, okay, nah, I understand. I don't buy Rob, just give donut. credit where credit's due. Dude, she is not that smart, Jason, and you know it. Oh, I'm telling her that you said that. Wow. Wow. 
Like she probably can't drive, but I'm not saying oh she's an idiot. Oh, my God. <laughs> is there anybody else we want to offend so we can get rid of listeners? Uh, Je- you know what? Jason's Come back next Jeff Goldblum hole. It's filled with corn. Yeah. I don't care about corn. corn. Yeah, he probably does. I don't know yeah. how that is offensive to me. I don't care what you do it's with not, corn in the privacy of your own home. I wasn't trying to offend you. All right, who's picking the number? Who's telling me when to stop? 69. Oh, just like he wants to do to Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, Jesus Christ. You two are fucking adolescents. Rob, tell and me when to stop. As Jason would say, don't ever stop, baby. He just said stop, just FYI. I, I hope you stopped there. Yeah, don't stop. Don't. No, you already did. I hope don't ah, stop. Are you did I start singing? Did I really? Maybe yeah, you're just you thinking I perceived of the future. It. No, I perceived oh. it. Can I stop now? Yeah, you, you should have stop. stopped when he said stop fucking 10 minutes ago. Jesus. All right. Number 69. Number 69. It better be a good one. It's probably not. It probably it's a classic. It, oh, sh- oh, I hate shit. it when you Jesus say Christ. it's a classic. Right. Fuck me. The classics we got so far are Metropolis, Hangar 18, all these Earth other girls I guarantee you're both going to hate this one. Oh, oh well, fan fucking tastic. Excellent. So next week, we are going to discuss a film where an alien takes the form of a young widow's husband and asks her to drive him from Wisconsin to Arizona. Oh, Jesus. The government tries to stop them. Anybody know what this is? Starman. It is 1984's Starman, starring Jeff Bridges, Karen Allen, Charles Martin Smith, and directed by John Carpenter. Can we watch The Last Starfighter instead? Nope. Fuck. Starman it is. They're making a second one. Are they really? Last Starf- How do they make yeah. a Last Starfighter 2? Um, like that would yeah, ma- they negate the title well, of the first movie. The kid. Well, no, that would negate know. the title of the first movie. They're no longer the Last Starfighter. They were the second to Last Starfighter. I don't know. Starman. can't go huh? back in time. Yeah, Starman's a terrible movie. Fucking Starman, terrible. Uh, I'm going to be busy that day. <laughs> no, you're not. No, you're not. But our intro and outro music is Welcome Home by Cambo. Our pod crawl music is Snack Mix My Machete. If you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. You can leave us feedback on our Discord channel at eargluemedia.com forward slash Discord, on Twitter at status underscore podcast, or you can email us at smoking and drinking in space at outlook.com. If you'd like to throw a few nickels our way, you can become a Patreon supporter by going to eargluemedia.com forward slash status Patreon. Be sure to check out all of the other exciting podcasts at eargluemedia.com. And this goes without saying, but I do not have a Jeff Goldblum hole. And the poorly poorly thought out and sometimes questionable opinions expressed on this show are ours and might not be shared by eargluemedia or anyone else for that matter. For this week, I am Jason. Kangaroo. (laughs) And I'm Jason's Jeff Goldblum hole, and I need some banaka. Jesus Christ. We'll talk to you next week. (laughs) 